Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's it's meant to be hump day with Swanee and friends. Um, hang on. Just... Uh, just ringing himself now. Yo. Where are you? Where am I? Yeah. I'm. We're, we've started recording. We've got Ted and Joe Beer and not you. Oh, yeah, re- is there a reason you can't make it? Yes. What is it? <laughs> I'll be late. <laughs> I haven't even introduced the other guys. Joe wants to know what you're doing why and why you're doing it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm just talking about my fourth... Oxycontin for the day. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> haven't, haven't had a shit since Saturday. Things are going well. <laughs> it was referring to what you're doing playing footy still. Ah, uh, 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 so um, yeah, no, that's not a great idea, is it? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more concerned next week if the Pies win. Will you, will you, will your foot be better to talk to a lot of people at functions? I'll find a way, Ralph. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll speak Friday with Samantha, all right? Oh, uh, well, yeah, sweet. Hopefully yeah. I can uh, empty my bowels by then. Yeah, that'll be great. Okay, Thanks. bye. So, so, yeah. Bye. Uh, can you play the intro again, please? Thank you. We'll be back on. It's hump day with Swanee and friends. Without Swanee, it's... Uh, we we'd booked Ted Richards in a studio because Samantha um, has got the equipment. She knows how it all works. Because as a listener once said, we'd be fucked without Samantha, so she she can't make it. So Ted Richards from the Swans here and filling in for Dane Swan <laughs> <laughs> is Joe Watson. Hello, Jeds. <laughs> Big shoes to fill. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been invited. I kind of like, um, you know, I don't know to like to the to the Rocky movie or something like that. <laughs> and then you find out Rocky's not in it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I got so excited when the pies went on the beauty. There's a Collingwood Sydney synergy for, for Swatty and you together and nothing. With all the technology we have, there's not too many like um, people that can get away with saying, I've hurt my foot. I can't talk. <laughs> it's a podcast. You don't need to move. So I had to, in asking you, Job, I had to actually just send you the screenshot of Swatty and my Snapchat <laughs> just to show that I was, I was genuine. 
So I appreciate you doing this. Uh, do you two know each other at all? <laughs> glad we've had some glancing moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, Snapchat? <laughs> what, oh, what is it? Still, still what, what yeah, I don't know. What Hang on, what's it called again? WhatsApp, sorry. <laughs> WhatsApp, WhatsApp. <laughs> I'm a boomer here. I'm, I'm happy to text. I was going to fax him. Oh. Uh, so, so what's your background together for people who don't know, please? Teddy uh, was the first person I met when I met um, when I moved to Sandringham. I was uh, five years old, and uh, my uh, my mum was here wanting to meet some people in the area. And Ted's mum offered for us to go over and have a play date. And uh, <laughs> I went to Teddy's house, and yep. uh, ever since then we've uh, been um, yeah known each other for a long time. So yeah, grew up in Sandringham, went to Sacred Heart Primary, then went to the same high school, uh, Xavier College. Um, worked at the same. I actually gave Job um, my old job, which was packing the uh, the shelves Sunday morning at the uh, the railway hotel in uh, Chapel Street in Windsor. There's some interesting characters used to come in on a Sunday morning at the railway. <laughs> yeah, because like back in the late '90s, mid '90s, there, there weren't too many um, 24-hour bottle shops in Melbourne. I think right. there were only two. Yep. So there's no you know Uber Eats dr- tr- delivering alcohol or whatever. So if someone was on a bender at like 9 a.m. on a Sunday they had to come to the railway. Right. So I'd be packing the shelves and all sorts would come through. Yeah. Uh, we, we'd, you'd get the old blokes walking in, stealing bottles, <laughs> $5 <laughs> bottles of port. <laughs> and you, it wasn't worth the, the trouble. You'd just say, listen, you, you, you have it. You, you need this more than, than this, this place needs $5. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I'm picturing, picturing with the two of you and, and Chris Judd, uh, that you grew up yeah. with too, yeah? Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Fernhill Road, we grew up in the same uh, street in Sandy. So I don't personally know Juddy, but obviously yeah. followed his career. Um, I'm not picturing a lot of Glen Waverley footy top club type sort of characters between yeah. the three of you. <laughs> so sort of a bit, yeah. more, a bit more up and down. I, I'm not going to try and say that we, yeah, we're in the mean streets of Sandy <laughs> and doing it tough. <laughs> yeah, like, like, some, yeah, some yeah, dangerous <laughs> streets in the back streets of Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, all played junior footy at East Sandy Zebras t- together, you know, in different age groups. But, um, yeah, it was very enjoyable to watch, you know, yeah, each one go down our separate, you know, career paths and two Brownlows between the three of us. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've got a, a, a weird connection with you, yep. and that is, um, this will shock you, but my dad, who, who back in the day was quite a strong fella, but uh, didn't look like Idris Elba. Right, uh, yeah. sort of short, socky, sort of back pocket type player. Yeah, he uh, he hurt his back badly. Yeah, and he went to Jeff Richards, this oh. chiropractor in uh, in in Moorabbin. Yep, and this is early eighties, and at the time that it, w- it was considered like borderline witchcraft amongst the medical fraternity. And I was talking about something different about the, the logic of it all. That that uh, that um, with uh, ever take medicine or get your back fixed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you fix my dad's back. So. Oh, good to hear. Yeah, so, um, yeah, dad's in Perry Street, Moorabbin, like a, a short, like 100 metres from um, the Saints training yes. day. So, yeah, I grew up um, very much kind of like we'd go and watch the Saints every now and then and at, at Moorabbin and um, good chiropractor and, uh, yeah, that's, that's him. That was the local. Um, so obviously we got you in for the for Sydney Premiership player and all Australian in, in the year. But uh, talk about the journey through through the, through the Dons, uh, getting to Essendon because you were a Nuffy as a kid. Yeah, yeah, I was. Out oh, of yeah. ten, big Nuffy. Yeah, we like <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> off the charts. <laughs> nice. That's what I want to hear. I yeah, we we drove up 
in '96 when uh, the Swans played. Um, uh, sorry, Essendon played the Swans. And yeah. Pugger kicked the point after the siren. Prelim. Yeah, yeah, in the prelim. So like. Um, that's just an example of kind How old of were you then? 10? 96, I would have been 12 12, yeah, yeah. Um, 12, 13 um, Yeah, that's a bit of an example of kind of how much I loved it And it's probably part of the reason why my career went like it did at Essendon <laughs> <laughs> I was just happy to be there I just wanted to be mates with everyone so Did you beat Joe? Did he, did he beat you there? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Couple years I'm, two, I'm two years yeah. older Okay yeah. And, but also you were drafted a year earlier too, yeah? Uh, two years, yeah. So we both went as 17-year-olds. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that was the, the 2000 draft, um, October 99. Um, yeah. So Dane... Dane was uh, at schoolies at the time when he was drafted and he thought it was be, be good to spend an extra couple of days there knowing that he was drafted and, and improved his stocks. So what was your drafting experience like? We always like this. Um, so, yeah, it was October 99, middle of year 12 exams. Yep. Which and Xavier, they would take seriously. I, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I took it seriously. I, I'd worked hard. Um, and I forget his name. Um, he, a from, guy from North Melbourne came around to, mum, to where I was living at mum and dad's place in Sandy uh, to drop off a kangaroo's hat and a polo. And he said, listen, we've got a new sponsor on board, Russell Athletic, and we're going to take you, we would like to take you tomorrow. I was in um, the Sandy Zebras um, rooms with a few other guys that were likely to be um, drafted. So I was going to be filmed. So he said, as soon as we na- say your name out, can you chuck it on? I was like, shit, how good's this? Freebies. <laughs> like, well, one, freebies, but two, like a bit of certainty that yeah. I was going to go. A level of certainty. So I just kind of highlighted where their, their pick was, picks were. And I was, you know, I was 17. So I was pretty pumped just to kind of stay in Melbourne, stay in the comfort zone, living with mum and dad. And um, they had quite a few picks. Um, and, you know, picked up the likes of Drew Petrie. Um, Daniel Harris, you know, guns that were kind of first round draft picks, and I was never going to be that. And it got, it got. To, I think they had like pick twenty eight or twenty nine, so I was just like waiting, thinking oh, this might be next. And then um, Essendon read my name out at pick twenty seven. I just couldn't believe it because I didn't, I didn't see it coming, even though I'd met with them. And the whole, you know, romantic idea of playing for the team that you grew up in, I was just pumped. Yeah. <laughs> so, but is that, is that a help or a hindrance? If, you, if you're a real enoughy supporter, well, grow like I should have gone with the mindset. I don't give a shit who you are, James Hurd, Scott Lucas, Matthew Lloyd. I'm here to take your spot. Whereas I didn't go with that mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy, Teddy used to take their washing up, there, pick up their towels after they in the shower. I, I was, I go. Who wants to go for a coffee? Lloydie, <laughs> <laughs> <Boydy>, coffee? <laughs> and I'd just be pumped to hang around. You, yeah. So actually, we'll jump forward. So you're a bit stiff that it was pre the selfie era because that would have been good <laughs> selfie oh, material. Yeah. Here, here I'm Hurdy and Lloydie. And oh, I, I, you know, yeah, I was 17. Yeah. Um, turned 18 um, that year and, you know, having to get, you know, the club would give me cab vouchers so I could get to training. Mm. Um. And, you know, I, I, I did what I what I what I, I thought I was polite and kind of you know hung around with people that I looked up to and, and didn't want to rock the boat. Um, but you know that's 
you know, we're in a competitive industry. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all about the team, but at the same time, it's all about making sure you're in that team. Yeah. We, we had Nick Maxwell on a couple of weeks ago. He was very similar in the way he spoke about, yeah. you know, and obviously became a great captain. But he also said that, you know, you've, at the same time, leadership, but you also got to be a hard bastard because it's yeah. about you. Yeah, it's not about birth certificates and kind of getting in the queue and waiting for your turn. Yeah. Stuff that. There's no queue. Just force your way in. So what was your memory of your mate being at Essendon? the time given yeah. your obvious connection with the club no I mean it was it was great to have someone who I was so close with to, at the club when I yeah. first arrived because it is so intimidating and to, to have Teddy there and and he was very good to me in, uh, in terms of you know showing me around dri- I, I didn't have my licence either so driving me around and giving me a bit of an explanation on um, you know what's going on and, and how things things sort of operate um, but uh it was like I was a bit like Ted, you know, sort of awestruck, and um, and so we just, uh, I guess, you find your feet there, but it can move really quickly, and if you don't have a bit of luck early on, then the career, your career can really sort of get away from you. So what happens? Like Joe was living at home at, with mum and dad in, in Sandy, and I'd moved to I was now in um, Albert Park, yeah, Middle Park, Middle Park. So we used to kind of meet at uh, my place and then we'd just kind of drive in from there just to uh, uh, so we didn't have to pay save on tolls save on tolls petrol (laughs) (laughs) and um, because that's how well our career was going (laughs) (laughs) we thought about getting the bus one day (laughs) so like yeah it wasn't about matches it was about like just lowering the the, the costs to get to training that's where we're at and we'd hop in the car together at at, uh, Middle Park and for the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes, like we were both in the same, like playing for the Bendigo Bombers yeah. in the twos. Sheed's just riding us both. And we just sit there <laughs> and just rip into him <laughs> in the car together for 20, 30 minutes on the way in. And then on the way home, 20, 30 minutes about what had just happened that day. <laughs> yeah, Sheed's didn't. We both went to a private school. Sheets didn't. Sheets didn't, and he let us know about it every day and how much, how little he thought of footballers went to private schools. I had to, uh, is it? I because of the I didn't have a license. So one day Ted wanted to get um, a meeting with Sheets and wanted to talk to him about <laughs> this is just before the season started, and we were out at the Trobe, and uh, and so um, Sheets. And Teddy were having a meeting, and I had to tag along because I was I was in the car car with him, and so we're sitting at this pub in um, Preston, and she just sort of picking his team, and Teddy's trying to have a serious conversation about where he's at, and I'm just sort of sitting in the corner <laughs> waiting for Teddy to drive back to the train, just watching <laughs> this car crash meeting, yet another car crash meeting, where these my plans. <laughs> Derailed, and I walk out going, "What the hell just happened there?" <laughs> He's trying to pick his team, and Sheets has got the board there, and uh, Teddy's trying to find where he puts and where he fits, and I'm, and I'm like, sitting there just quietly <laughs> in silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. oh. So I'm getting flashbacks to our first season that went off the rails, and I'll get back to that. Why? Yeah. So it was uh, a guy called Scott Cummings who who. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you and him have similar, not quite understanding sheets. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like... Yeah. So, like, yeah, the private school thing was a, was a big thing that sheets really couldn't get get past. <laughs> right. And which I never really understood. 
because he disliked me or my background that much, but decided that's where he'd send his kids. <laughs> and I was like, you can't have it both ways. Why do you dislike this part of me? Yet you've seen something and you've gone, well, that's what I'm going to do with my boy. Anyway, Sheets and I got along Monday to Thursday. Yep. And then it would get to Thursday night and it get to match committee. And he'd go, oh, Richard's no good. And um, that cycle went round for, for me for five years. And um, anyway, that, that's, that's kind of, um, um, yeah, my, my f- yeah, first year to kind of, well, pretty much to year five. I, I played 33 games over five years at Essendon. So Swanee always says, sorry to butt in, but Swanee always says he, the, he, he thinks he had 10,000 people when he was at Williamstown Reserves Reserves because everyone came up to him since over the years and said, I knew you'd make it. I was watching you. Oh, yeah. right? <laughs> so what was your equivalent of Williamstown Reserves Reserves at uh, Bendigo, I assume? Um, yeah, it was Bendigo, getting yeah. on the bus to Bendigo. <laughs> um, <laughs> you shaking your head, Joe? Oh, it's not messed. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> <coughs> yeah, like there'd be, there'd be like weeks, you know, and it, this is to further compound the stress and the emotional roller coaster. A lot of people might be listening in that are in their twenties, you know, and that may possibly in their teens. Well, going back to when Job and I were starting out, two thousand two thousand and two, there was no social media. We found out, we found out the team at Essendon. On the footy show, <laughs> like, like they, they, there was no reading out the team after training because the club wasn't that organised. <laughs> they do match committee after training on a th- on a Thursday night. So I used to watch the footy show. Every Sorry about week. that. I was working there. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to watch the footy show every week. And you'd be staying up until like eleven o'clock. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Show would always run yeah. over. You go, just bring the team out. I don't oh, even no. know what I'm doing. And then he would go to another ad break and you go, fuck, I can't handle this. <laughs> uh, and you'd be out of con- like you know you're out of contract at the end of the year, and you go, "There's got to be a better way." <laughs> you look at the forecast; it's zero degrees up at Bendigo at the QER. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The game's starting at nine thirty on a sun- Sunday morning, and for Sunday games, like say we're playing a Sunday game, they'd name the expanded squad, and you, I'd see my name in it, and I, and I go on the stiff here, <laughs> and then the next day you'd find out, yeah. oh, emergency. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I I, pr- I reckon I did 100 games as an emergency. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, also, one more on the, on the topic there with Essendon. So if you're an Essendon nuffy, and you know, for me at my age, I'm 53, so I grew up seeing the, the 80s bombers, there was, there was Tim, there was yeah. Simon, and there was TD. And TD was your first coach, good or bad, for you. As a <laughs> oh, good. Like, he's like an old school footy coach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's just not a shock here in that. Yeah, like, but like... No tactics. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not much coaching. <laughs> like, to give you an example of where things were at. So, like, this is like, this stuff was going on 2001 to probably 2003. We'd finish a game in the reserves and he'd pull out the beers and, <laughs> and put a... Remember this? He'd put a slab down in the middle. I left... Uh, TD left before I... Oh, uh, he'd I put arrived. a slab yeah. down. And and go like and go. Come on, boys, grab one. <laughs> and I, I'd, I'd like I'd probably just turned eighteen, and I'd 
and Tina go, come on, grab, you know, grab one. And I and I've gone, oh, Tess, I've got to I've got to drive home. He goes, you'll be all right. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, no, but I'm on my peas. I, I can't even have one. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like very old school. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I got like just a couple of years in terms of the reserves of post-game beers with opposition <laughs> because we'd play our home game just before we went um, to the VFL, you know, the uh, Bendigo Bombers. There was an we'd play at Windy Hill in the Essendon Reserves. There'd be the social club afterwards and both teams would come up. Yes. So, yeah, I got a couple of years of kind of that old school, <laughs> you've just belted each other and had all this, let's have some beers together. And you normally go, you know, meet the opposition and, and they go, what are you doing later? Oh, I'm going to Starbar. I'm going to Starbar too. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Rose. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there's, so that era will never come back. No. Nah. But it, it did have some merit, didn't it? It did, I did. Like, yeah, yeah, I've got some mates that played for opposition and, you know, yeah, um, yeah the, it's, it's pretty funny kind of that, that social aspect. And also, um, what's happened to footy now is the best ten mi- the, the the best time after a game right now, yep. or when I was playing, is the ten minutes after a win. That's 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 all you, what, get. That's yeah. all you get. Yeah, <laughs> is that right? That's right. And yeah. then it's all about next week rehab and everything like that. You get. I think they give you. They allow you a moment. <laughs> To enjoy it mm. before all the shit and the focus starts on, all right, next week. Whereas yeah. when we first started, well, you'd probably have a, like a good three days. <laughs> like, where, where, where are we do- what are we doing tomorrow? Well, yeah. Yeah. The ROI is not, is not high, is it? Nah. When you think about how much work you put in yes. and you, you get a 10-minute reward if you win. Yeah. Really, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so it, it, it doesn't really make sense from an investment perspective. Yeah. Uh, well, part of that is the, like when you're on Channel Seven, they'll bring a player over, and I sometimes watching it as a viewer, thinking this guy's worried about if he's sm- if he's smiling and, and, he's and what have you. Yeah. What, what impression do you get, like generally, not without mentioning names? Like uh, I think um, I think what the, I'm finding as uh, coming back in to get involved is that the clubs are much better at celebrating um, their wins, and the players are much better at celebrating their wins, and because they should. Ha- because they should, and, yeah. and they're happy for people not not to get carried away, but to really enjoy and embrace the moment. Because I think that they recognise yeah. there's such little enjoyment sort of allowed for the rest of the the time that they're in the week. Um, so that's what I reckon is really pleasing as an observer is to see, and obviously finals when you're winning finals and and what we've had in the last couple of weeks. But the teams have been really celebrating their wins. Um, Look at the pies. Yeah, you know, like. <laughs> You know, it's, it's great to watch. You see this excitement. You see something, passion. You see passion kind of come out. Yeah, because any time in the week, whether themselves or they do something that, um, you know, the the, the po- you know, political correctness isn't there, they get slandered for it, you know, or they get smashed for it, yep. or, or become and, and they're like, no, you've got to be more robotic. So, well, I, I really like Kane Corns, but yep. he he called him out a fair bit this year and saying, listen, that's too much. Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. doing that. Yeah. Um, well, that I, you know, I don't agree with everything Kane says. I, I, I like the fact that he's got strong opinions, but um, I look at the AFLW players and I go, shit, these girls are having a great time. Mm. Well, yes. You know, yeah, they are having fun. 
Um, and I don't, I don't think that um, I, I don't think they get criticised for having no. fun. I think people yes. enjoy seeing them have fun. It's a very different philosophy, yeah. isn't it? Because the men I find are get, they get criticised for you know looking like they're having too much fun or not taking it seriously. But for the the girls' games, I think people are like, oh, how great is it to see that they're having fun, and then they display more of it because they're not getting pulled back into yeah. being um, you know the the opposite, or it's not a negative to have fun. And, and I think that's that's a, a great part of the girls game is yeah. what Teddy's saying Nick, Nick Rewalt he's recently called out and I, and I agree like if there's one thing he regrets is he didn't enjoy playing enough he was he was too much on the edge and just being like so much focused in on process and not actually enjoying the fact he's a professional footballer doing something that he loves and getting paid to do it yeah but anyway yeah, yeah. It's, it's about like the, the end game rather than the, the journey, isn't yeah, it? Which yeah. is really what you should be celebrating is the journey. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, and, and you remind me, uh, Matty, Matty Lloyd said the same in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. He, he actually w- said he, he didn't enjoy his career. And I thought, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's, so, he's so brutally honest about himself. But mm. uh, yeah, and, and I suppose you hear that, you probably wouldn't be surprised. You, you yeah. Both of you yeah, with no. Him. I mean, you could see like Lloydie... Such a great player, but you could see the stress on his face. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, and you could see the weight of expectation he had on himself. He would carry it all the time. And especially when he went into a leadership position and he was so um, aware of, you know, like what the measurables were for success for him. And if he didn't meet them, you could see that it was weighing on him. And, and, and I think that, that um, a lot of players probably get to the end of their careers and think, oh, God, I wish I'd just, in, you know, smelt the roses a little bit more because I was doing what I loved. But it became work for me. So I remember a couple of years ago, Richmond were about to run out. I reckon they'd won one, maybe two premierships by then. And the, the Channel 7 cameras in the room. And it might have been Dusty Barton passed the fight over to Jack, who's the young fellow yeah, who went to Secure. Yeah, yeah. yep. and, and it's for you. And yeah, <laughs> everyone just broke up laughing. Yeah. But it probably showed that that's probably a good idea. If you're enjoying your footy, there's probably a fair chance you're going to play better, isn't it? Yeah. I. I don't think I could I could do that. Like this is what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I'm, different I'm, I'm not one of those people that on game day can kind of just cross the line and just go, "Listen, I'm in game mode." Like I, I need to kind of, you know, get up my focus. You know, yeah. and so that's that's me. But at the same time, you know, some of the, my favourite moments of footy is just taking the piss off about teammates through the week. And yeah, fine sessions like. Um, you were the fines master at Sydney, weren't oh you, yeah, for a yeah, long time? Yeah, and reveled in it. Oh, re- yeah. Yes. Oh, well, let's pick that apart. There's the type of shit we speak about. Yeah. The, the, the fine system before we get to how you got to Sydney and all that. Uh, How'd you run it? Um, oh, so yeah, there's, there's, there's no secret sauce here. Yeah. Just, I just kind of put it out there and say, listen. Let me know if something has happened that needs to be um, broached. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and being a bit older, I wouldn't always see these things. And like you know, stuff like you know, you'd hear like, so uh, Kieran Jack um, doesn't really want to pay for a monthly Wi-Fi. So when he needs the internet, he goes and hops in his car <laughs> and looks for people that have Wi-Fi with no password and parks out the front of the house. <laughs> And just logs in, <laughs> and you go, "Thank you for informing me of that." <laughs> or you are like, Kieran, when he's driving down the hill, puts the car in neutral, <laughs> so he just saves a little bit of petrol. <laughs> I've noticed he does it. And you go, "Once again, thank you for informing me of." 
What was the? Um, I remember you telling me once that there was a punishment um, for someone who did something in Sydney. They had to go around telling people who they were. In the was oh, it? we we used to like. I probably focus too much on the fines sometimes <laughs> and not enough on my performance. <laughs> but, like, I was like, how can we add a little twist and a little sizzle kind of to... And um, so we'd, we'd vote. Because like, like, sometimes we'd have 20 fines and I was doing them. They were outstanding. <laughs> and we'd, have, we'd do a vote. Who got fine of the week? <laughs> and that person had to come out, out the front and there would be a punishment... And the punishment was, listen, uh, yeah, like something like that. You've got to go around for a day and people, and we'll, we'll police this. You've got to walk up to 20 people and say, yeah, don't you know who I am? I play for the Sydney show. Yeah, like something horrible like that. Or you can pay your way out of this 500 bucks and it goes towards end of season drinks or the yeah. footy trip or something like that. And like more often than not, like you try and call up the people that were financially um, tight because you know <laughs> you know it was a very hard decision for them. <laughs> like the people that were you know on big contracts they go listen I'll pay the five hundred no yeah. worries that's boring yeah, yeah. you want to see the people Square. hurt. <laughs> right, what's what's blood's culture? How'd you get there, and what'd you learn about it early doors? Um, yeah, I'm, I was lucky. I came to a club. Um, so in, in, I came to the Swans in two thousand and six. Yep. But the hard work was done in two thousand and three, uh, with the likes of Rusey, Stewie Maxfield, Brett Kirk, and others that had some really hard conversations about who they are and what they stood for. And a lot of that was around they recognised that they were perceived by their op- by the opposition as being a team that was easy to beat. Swans, you play them, they might have a crack for a half, maybe three quarters, but if you you keep at them, ultimately they'll give up. Not give up, but you, you'll, you'll get them. So they started the process of acknowledging that perception and, and um, doing their best to turn it around. And I um, so I came after the Swans Premiership in 2005 and... Um, I kind of qu- quickly got an insight about the Swans culture when maybe it must have been first or second week at the Swans. Kirky asked me to come up the front of the the group at a team meeting. I said, yep, no worries, Kirky, yep. And um, he goes, what do Essendon think of us? I'm like, oh, we're a good team. Like, you just won the flag. <laughs> Going all right. Yeah. What do they th- – and he's just – grilling me on these questions like do they think we're hard I was like yeah yeah they think they're hard like where, where are you going with this I had no idea where this was coming from and so afterwards I went and asked a few blokes what the hell just happened there and they've gone Kirky wants to know how they're per- how we're perceived by opposition because and I, I found out like it is all about not just you know changing this, but ensuring that a legacy is being built here, where we stand for something, and they are changing how how the opposition perceive the Swans. Um, and it was it was 
it was incredible. You know, that, that, was, that was part. And the, the quote that I like is, you know, these guys planted a seed under the... And I was lucky enough to, um, you know, to sit under that tree, tree that grew there for a while. Um, and um, it's been pleasing to see that the legacy's been passed on. What was the... Uh, when, when Rusey was, became coach, it was weird looking at, as a viewer, fan, um, looking at the coach's box on the, on the cutaways... And he's not going nuts. He's not punching balls. He's yeah. not banging tables. He's got a, uh, a a water cap in his mouth and just tapping his teeth and yeah. <laughs> whatever. So, what what was that like as a player? Yeah, it. Um, I d- I do remember though watching it because like now it's become synonymous. They cross to a coach and you see twenty people sitting behind the coach and it's just <laughs> in this tight little room and sponsors everywhere. And when they used to cross to Rusey back in the day, it was just like he's just in this weird room by himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so he was a big part of that. Um, uh, but was he as calm as a coach behind yeah, the scenes? He, he was a, a forward thinker in that he was a – another quote that I like is, if you see every problem as a nail, uh, the only tool you've got in your you know, toolbox is a, uh, is a hammer. Sorry, if you've only got a hammer, the only pro- – yes. um, uh, I've, I've just <laughs> No, no, you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. Anyway, um, where I'm going with this is Ruzi had many tools in his toolbox. Yeah. He, one of which was he could yell and fire people up, which many old school coaches lean on very much. But Ruzi had other ways of, of getting to someone and sometimes that might be just softly saying something about yep. what he thinks or what he's seen. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, he wouldn't always rant and rave. Um, and I think that is a great way to coach. I think um, the All Blacks, one of the best teams of all time, they, they call it, you've got to be in the blue zone um, when you're playing and you're coaching. Um, you know, if you're kind of getting in the red zone, your emotions are taking too, too much. And if you're kind of green, um, that's not enough. You, the blue's where you're kind of in this sweet spot of... Um, clarity, focus, and I think that's what you need. So, and and that's what we're seeing with a lot of the best coaches right now. Fifty meter penalty, a bad kick, and it's not. We're not seeing the same behaviour that we see with fans. Yeah, someone is in the right mindset to uh, coach. Yeah, are you seeing it? No, much the same. Yeah, yeah, you don't see the rocket E type yeah. uh, outburst and that that emotive response. Uh, I think that they're getting so much better at um, realizing that there's uh, there's ex- execution is is just an element of decision making, and the, if they're teaching the right decision making, but it's just an ex- execution problem, then they they live with it and they move on. And I think that the the coaches and the structure around them now are so much better at at looking at things from a bigger picture rather than worrying about small minute details which is where you often focus on if you're really emotive yeah you sort of you you worry about a missed tackle or a step or something that's over kicked and they're realizing that that is not coaching you know like that is just a skill error and that's someone trying their best but maybe they haven't been taught well enough or they're just making a fatigue related decision that was incorrect and they're more about what is what's the ground look like what are the process things, the, the messaging that we've taught, is that translating to how we want to play? And the mindset that I'm trying to get out of my the people that I'm coaching is how can they best perform? 
what 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 do they need to be able to perform the most and and the best and for a lot of people i think nowadays it's not being um overtly negative towards them and, and showing like a bad body language towards their their mistakes i used to get annoyed i think i even said this to john lomar once like um like he's when he's in the coach's box and this is probably probably changed like he, he would lose his shit sometimes yes and so much so that it would become um, a bit of th- theatre um, for the TV networks. networks. Yeah. So if a bad if a bad call was made by the umpires, or you know, or or, or just a, a kick was missed, they would cross yeah. the horse's reaction. Look at it. And him losing his shit in the box. Um, and what do we see on the big screen? All the players. We see all that too. Correct. Yeah. And what do you reckon we're all thinking about? Is he thinking about me? Oh, he's going to cook me. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm starting to worry about like a possible cook that's yep. going to come at quarter time, um, which may even not come. Yeah. Um, probably more often than did. <laughs> um, but um, as opposed to the ball. And um, I think it's gone to, to the level now, and Teddy would, would be able to attest to it. Like you would go to a Monday morning review meeting or Monday afternoon review, it terrified. Like oh, yeah. You would walk in there. God, just uh, there is no hole deep enough for me to sit in because you know stuff that you do oh. that's wrong in the game, and you know that it's publicly going to be aired, yeah. and so your whole mentality, like it was just fear. Fear was the overriding, and to to the point now where I've I've, I've heard from inside clubs they don't show any negative footage, right? No negative footage. Oh, really? And you need in, some in, in yeah. a pub in a yeah. public environment. Like if there's something that needs to be shown to a player, it's sort of more private. Yep. Um, yeah. And one on one, or in a small sort of group, but the old days of a Monday morning walking in and you know being highlighted is is gone. Sorry, you gave me a flashback when I was working with your dad and, and Billy Browler. So he, his his mantra was: if he kicked four, he was at the front of Bloody's meetings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if he didn't, he was at, he oh. was at the back. I used to always say, <laughs> the physical pain of going, you know running back with the fight or whatever yeah. it is and getting hit and hit hard is nowhere near as bad as the mental pain <laughs> of not going. <laughs> right. Because I like, um, yeah, I just got memories of sometimes, you know, yeah, match review meetings yeah, where Ruse or Longmire might see something. And, and, and Rossi Lyon was good at this oh. when he was midfield coach at the Swans and they just put something up on the Monday and they just slowly <laughs> go through this slow motion. Frame of, by frame, frame, wasn't it? Like frame by frame. And nothing was said. No. Nothing was said. <laughs> and he might go back and go, let's have another look at that. <laughs> and you are just sitting there going, it's like, oh. it's excru- it was excruciating. Oh. It was excruciating to sit there knowing that you're being highlighted on the screen yeah. and no one's saying anything. It's just sort of like these open-ended questions. Yeah. What do you think about this? And then, like, you know, they go, Kirky, <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> you go. Ask a hard oh, <laughs> Couldn't you have asked a first year? I know. Couldn't you have asked? And you go, that's not what we stand for. <laughs> 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 
fuck, I wish I had my time again. <laughs> I would just run up and just headbutt that kneecap to then just get through this. Yeah. And you walk out of the meeting and the guys, your teammates are looking at you going, oh, <laughs> I felt for you there, mate. I felt for you. But equally, equally, while we're on this topic. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There was no better feeling mm. when you weren't picked. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened to Job and I a bit at Essendon. <laughs> you weren't picked. And the team goes and has a shocking loss that weekend. Yeah. And don't you bounce, <laughs> don't you bounce into those review meetings. Fitz McMahon sort of questions. Like, oh, what would you love to get another chance? And, and Mark Harvey or Sheets might be, you know, just doing slow-mo through some soft act. And you'll be sitting at the front going, oh, can't be having that. We can't be having that. We're Wouldn't have happened in the twos. Wouldn't have happened in the twos. I know. I'll be putting my hand up. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Nathan Burke on. Yep. And he's talking about the difference between coaching women and playing yep. at the top level. And he said exactly that. But he said, if you do it with women, don't do it because... Women feel good for the whole group. Uh, sorry, feel bad for the whole group. Oh. They sympathise with everyone because they're naturally empathetic. Yeah. Whereas blokes would say, thank fuck it's not me. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so you've just described that. There's, there's only probably five, somewhere between I reckon five, maybe ten blokes in a team that go, listen, I'm, I know I'm going to get picked every week. Even like Robert Harvey, I can remember him. He was never confident that he wasn't one bad game away from being dropped. Wow. We all have this yeah. level of self-doubt yep. um, and a possibly imposter syndrome that kind of just sits there. And, and it's just it's just rampant. Like, everyone's kind of got it. So, you know, if you, if you to kind of, um, like, just sit there and, and, and kind of, uh, where am I going with this? And just feel like, like, you know, I'm now, you know, like, going to get dropped and you kind of it yes. just kind of snowballs so um so glad those are, those are done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what uh what turned, turned it around for you as far as all australian and in a premiership year and just saying that you, you knew you belonged we you mentioned your words and imposter yeah. syndrome there compared to knowing that you're a gun defender um i was always a hard worker um um yeah, so it's never like a a, a work ethic it was more for me it was more belief yeah um, so what happened in 
2010. Um, 2010 was the uh, the tipping point for me. I um I got dropped near the start of the year, and I can remember ringing up my manager at the time. Who was I, it? Wasn't Pickers? Was it? No, nah, nah, just checking for yeah. what he said. <laughs> um, I, I because I could see that um, the Swans had a really easy draw coming up, and I was like been dropped and yeah. we're gonna, we're going to we've got the next three bottom teams coming up we're going to spank them and the, you don't make changes if you're winning yeah. by 10 goals so I rang him up and I said listen um, I'm out of contract at the end of the year can you please scope out if the sons who are coming into the competition the next year or two might be interested in picking me up and he goes yeah this will probably take a while but I'll, let me know and he called me back like I don't know an hour later <laughs> thanks but no thanks <laughs> from the so, Suns so from the Suns how many people did they have on the list at the time it's about two <laughs> <laughs> I was like they don't had 20 million dollars to spend <laughs> no I was like I'll go for a bag of beans <laughs> you give me a bag of beans and some sunscreen <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and anyway so I was like alright um, anyway so I was dropped, bussing down at Canberra, playing in the Neeful, and Swans are just... We've had reserves, reserves. Yeah, <laughs> Swans are just smacking teams, and I'm playing, like, Ainsley, you know. <laughs> and like, you know, these... these I, or there's one game we played, and they'd, before it, they'd played um, an American football... Uh, game, so it had the <laughs> NFL lines everywhere. <laughs> the oval was a mishmash of lines. It was absolutely comical. Anyway, I won't go, go down that um, rabbit hole, but um, yeah. So, I like, like I was, I just I thought, listen, there's a fair chance footy's going to be done for me at the end of this year. I've got to start to put some things in place. So, like, if I'm delisted at the end of this year. And I decided at the end of the year I'd, I'd, um, I'd moved to Sweden where my older brother at the time was, um, was living. I looked into um, um, doing my master's over there. I need to do some work and it's very hard to, mm-hmm. to be employed if you're a professional AFL athlete. Turns out the, the skills aren't that applicable over there. So I start, he goes, listen, you know, be a personal trainer while you're studying. So I started like, you know, I was just on the side just doing some personal training um, study just so I could be qualified to over there but whilst I was doing that I was like I'm still all in with footy yep I'm still all in and after about eight weeks I got lucky in that Craig Bolton injured himself and I was so I got I got you know back into the team so there it is again like, like a golf every shot pleases someone yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's bad luck you're good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and um like I was Still very committed and yep. everything like that. I, I hadn't given up, but I got back in. Um, I can't remember, and I had a pretty good finish off to the year. And um, Swans go, listen, we're going to offer you a one year deal. They outbid the Suns. They they outbid <laughs> the Suns. Well, <laughs> normally you kind of go. Teddy said, "Look, I've got I've got some interest from the Gold uh, <laughs> Suns. You're going to have to uh, you have to have another." Bag of beans to the top. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think the Swans have gone. Oh, we'll offer you a one-year deal. And I was like, done, <laughs> done. <laughs> I was not even like, what is it? It's <laughs> <laughs> <was just> <laughs> Kramer-esque. <laughs> so um, the coffee. Yeah. So I got a one-year deal, and I was like, shit. Like, I got another chance here. Yeah. I've got to make some things. Um, 
I've got to make some changes because I'm working hard, but it's just not working. So what am I going to do? And I, I compared at the, compared myself to the best defenders at at the, t- at the time. Um, Rutten, Scarlet, Glass, you know. And I was like, where 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 am I different? And it's like, well, they're all bigger than me. So I was like, yeah, stuff the three k time trial. I'm pu- I'm putting on muscle, and I'll. I don't care if I go backwards in the 3K time trial. I just want to um, be great at one-on-ones. That is that is what I want to be what I, what I want to be known for. So I, I kind of f- focused on that in the off-season. At the same time, I read this book, um, Good to Great, which um, resonated with me. And there was a, there's a couple of things there that um, I'll mention. One was this um, metaphor that's kind of used throughout the book. This I think it's a Greek parable between uh, the hedgehog and the fox. Yep. And I was like, I quite like this. You know, I was like, you know, the, for those not familiar with this, the fox is good at many things in life, um, but it's fucking hard. It is really hard to be at the fox in life. The hedgehog is good at one thing, and that is if it's, it can curl up into a ball and defend itself and like, it can't do anything else, but it is good at that and it works. And I was trying to be the fox in footy. Like, Job, you know, I'd be like, Sheeds, pick me on the wing, you know. <laughs> pick me, you know, back pocket, I can do that. Pick me forward. And I thought that was good at the time because um, it meant that there was plenty of chances I could get a game. But it's not a great way to have a career, yeah. being a one of those... Spare parts. Sort yeah, of spare players. parts players. So I was like, what am I going to do about this? And I was like, I'm going after a position. I decide I'm going after centre half back, and I'm. I've decided I'm gonna. That that's what I'm gonna do. And then the other part of the book that I loved was um, the big hairy audacious goal that you need to have. Um, for the great businesses have the B hag. I was like, what's my B hag? Um, I was like, I'm gonna be the best defender in the competition. That is what I'm going for. Not to get a game. Not to get another contract not to be a good player, I'm going to be the best. And I was like, well, how am I going to be the best? One was to put muscle on, get stronger. The other was I need to work, I need to build my belief that I'm going to be the best. So I started just talking it up. I, I, I worked on my self-talk and just said, I am the best defender in the competition. I am... And it was bloody hard because like, deep down I knew that for most of the year I'd been busting to Canberra and Darren Glass and Matthew <laughs> Scarlett don't bust to Canberra. <laughs> but it was all part of the process of um, uh, keeping with the analogies, starting this flywheel, getting it going. So, How strong did you get? Let me ask you that. How strong? Compared to what um, you were, what oh, you were I, I probably put on five kilos or something like that. Um, yeah, well, I worked with Scotty Cummings. He did the same. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it gave me, a, it, and it gave me, a, it gave me a confidence. Yeah. I was like, you know what, um, yeah. When it comes to, like, I probably won't be called out for coming back in great shape because my three k time trial might go backwards a bit. Yep, I don't care. I'm playing from March to September. Was it harder to cover ground ca- carrying that extra weight? No, nah, I was always a good. I was always a good runner, and yep. I was confident. And I was like, "Listen, um, I can keep keep up with the likes of the Rewalts and the Tarrants. You know, the, the good runners. I'm, I I know that this is something that I, I, I can do." Um, 
the other the other area that I needed I, I wanted to focus in on was visualization. And back in two thousand and ten, no one really spoke about this stuff. Like this kind of mental side of footy, it was all about you know if you want to get football better at football, um, get stronger or faster. Train, or yeah, tra- train harder, train yeah. harder, train harder. That's the only kind of. Whereas I was like, listen, I I want to get, I want to start to focus on this this mental side, um, and I, we can come back to to that. But so what I, what I, how I decided I'd do that is I'd I'd sit in the park on a Wednesday at Centennial Park and I'd sit on a chair and I'd play the game mentally. So I'd, I'd sit down and I'd visualise getting strapped up, getting ready for the game, running out. I'd make it real. Um, the game starting, getting off to a good start. Let's let's say I'm playing on um, Rewalt, Pavlich. Yeah, muscling up, you know, Pavlich, getting him out of the way, outmarking him. And when it came to game day and I'd run out, I was like, I've seen this movie before. I've got you, Pav. I'm not saying that's what always happened. Yeah. But Pav, don't, uh, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Pav got me a fair bit. <laughs> Shout out to Pav if you're listening. Um, but that's, that's what I'd do. And I, and I, do, and I didn't, do really, I don't wanna, didn't wanna tell anyone that's what I was doing. Um, but it worked. So 2011 season started. I'm on this one year deal, very much probably perceived by the, industry or the you know team is being like you know a bit of a in and out player um and i started to make center half back mine i um was always given the the role of playing on you know the normally the best forward you know f- on the opposition and and started to get some scalps and this this flywheel kind of just kept turning and um at the end of the season um Swans came to me with a with a two year deal, and I was just pumped. And so Suns had dropped off by then. So, so Suns, had <laughs> Suns had dropped off. Um, and um, I came fifth in the best and fairest. Fantastic. And I never finished like, in the top ten in the before. Yeah. And I was just I was just sat pumped and um, kind of reflected on the on the year that had been at the end of twenty eleven. And I was like, I'm going again. I went back to the plan. I read through everything I wrote down. And I was like, nothing changes, nothing wavers. Absolute discipline to this. And went again in 2012. Like, you know, focused in on strength. Focused in on visualisation. Focused in on, I am the best defender in the competition. This, you know, this real positive affirmations and self-talk. And I think my game footy went to another another level again. Yeah, well, you proved it all Australian. Yeah. yeah, got all Australian that year, won a premiership, um, and yeah, kept with that for the rest of my career. Just on that point, did you ever do visualisation? Um, not to the extent of sort of what Teddy did. Yeah. I, I felt like um, my my uh, things that were holding me back were more physical. You yeah. know, like I always had a mental belief that I could uh, that I was sort of in the game and I saw the game really well and I had a good feel for it. But for me, it was the physical side of, of things. Yep. Um, and that's where I needed to really work. And, and so we were sort of quite different. Um, Teddy was a really natural sort of athlete and, and I wasn't. And um, that part of it came harder to me and the other side came easier. Uh, so Premiership, you, you won it. Just 
beat Buddy Franklin on the day to, to, to add to it. With a bad ankle as well. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say I beat him. But um, let's, let's say it. Let's, let's, say, it. let's <laughs> say it. Let's say it. What's he ever done since? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Rel- re- joy or relief? Yeah. Everything in sp- athletes, different things inspire different athletes. For me, I was inspired, and this is just how I'm built, by um, fear of failure. So I've got vivid memories of when the siren went. It, my first emotion was, wasn't, was yes, we fucking won. It was, yes, we didn't lose. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that, that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of the first emotion that came and I can remember like, kind of reflecting on that going, isn't that weird? Like mm. something that I've been working on towards my whole life and the first thing I think of is we did, I didn't lose. Um, but... Certainly celebrated um, very, very well. But I will say um, I'd heard that Brett Kirk, um, when they won the 2005 grand final, didn't have a drink until about 10 o'clock that night. And I've always thought, what a fantastic thing. Because he, he just wanted to um, soak it all up. Yes. And so, don't get me wrong, like, I love a beer and certain stages of my career probably had too many but what, what what we won't go down that path but yeah i um i think i probably had one drink after the game for about five or six hours that was in the rooms together there was a little bit where all the players came in it was just the players and coaches and we had this moment with the cup before it just became mayhem with everyone just kind of going you know mm-hmm. get and yeah, and I've, I've got really great memories of, of that. And um, I think we finished up at, um, I've forgotten the name of the nightclub. And the underground one on City Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah that one. Uh, the, one of the Russians. Uh, well, so was I wouldn't bother uh, looking at me, Joe, I can tell you Derby's or... Eve, Eve, yeah. About nine or ten o'clock, got stuck <laughs> into it then. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, everyone goes, oh, you know, like, isn't you know what a great memory and i go yeah it is a great memory but like i played for 16 years and like i you know if you if you only kind of need one day if you only need that to kind of i guess uh determine your career and stuff like that you're gonna have a pretty boring career like the things i miss aren't celebrating flags the thing i miss is you know it was only one day there like it's the day-to-day camaraderie and banter with your mates. Like yeah. that, that's that's kind of what I really mean. So Swanee always says he doesn't wake up going, oh, beauty, I'm a premiership player. He nah. said it's fantastic if there's if something comes up for a reason or yeah. there's a reason to catch up with mates regularly. But he said the rest of it, he, it's no big deal, which to me as an outsider never was good enough. Uh, it's a surprise, but that's yeah, it sounds I, like his mindset similar to yours. Yeah, like, so I was lucky enough to play in three grand finals. Yep. Um, two of which I lost. Yep. 2006 by a kick, 2014 we got smacked and we won in 2012. We don't have WhatsApp groups for the what years that we lost. Yeah. We have a WhatsApp group for the year that we won. Um, there is a bond that, you know, will endure over time. We have reunions. I There's not too many things I, I listen to Sheeds about, but one thing I did remember is he said one of the best things about winning premierships are the reunions. And uh, we had a 10-year reunion this year and it was awesome. Like, I'm almost 40 and for a moment there, I was 
the 25 year old back in the change rooms just giving each other shit <laughs> <laughs> on the beers after a game yeah um yeah like and yeah it's 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 one of the best parts of footy fantastic all right so um a couple uh, from left field <sighs> We, we started this journey, uh, Scott Cummings, Dane Swan and myself, and we never won an award. And we went good early and then we sort of dropped off a little bit with some... Yeah. Probably Urban Dictionary wasn't a help for us. But you're, <laughs> you, you've got an award-winning podcast. <laughs> How have you been able to do that? Um, oh, thanks. Uh, I, so I, I've, I've taken my foot off, off this podcast just because life's got very busy. But um, uh, when I... Sorry, just, just park that thought because I'll get back to it. You've got three young kids? Is that yeah, right? I got, yeah, i got I got three young kids. So Dane, Dane's got one, yeah. and he always says, thank fuck I didn't have it while I was try, playing footy. So I don't, you obviously didn't either. I, I don't... like <laughs> The sleep deprivation... I couldn't have done it. I, I know. You've got no, three, yeah? i got three now, yeah. and I could not have been a father <laughs> whilst playing footy. Oh. <laughs> and it would have been a lot less fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've got a, got a lot on... With work, yeah. at home, and so what do you like about the podcast? What you um, doing? So, how it started was when I retired in 2016, um, and had a bit, bit of time off before I went to work. I would listen. To, I, I've got a passion for investing, so I've listened to a lot of investing podcasts. But at the time, was it back six years ago? They were pretty much all American. Yep. I was like. There's, there's an opportunity here to bring something like this to Australia where it can just provide a bit of education and awareness for what experts are doing, speak with them. Um, I'm not saying that I'll sit there and tell people what to do. It's more me asking the questions. So I started this up in 2017 as a bit of a risk. Yep. You know, like a lot of people are going, what's a former footballer doing talking about investing? But um, and I was like, well, if, if it stuff's up I'll just go, go well, well that never happened <laughs> <laughs> delete, <laughs> delete. <laughs> um, let's pretend that never happened but I can't put myself out there um, and I got a bit of traction and it was I got you know feedback going, you know I really appreciate you know these episodes you're putting together because um, people aren't taught about money and investing in school it's kind of it's so important in life but you just kind of got to learn it by yourself because there's not many parents that have got this um, this education that they can pass down. It's just kind of like you learn on the go. Yep. Um, and I'd try and make it accessible to the mass market so it wasn't talking acronyms and, you know, um, trying to explain it. So, so, so um, sorry, the name of the podcast? Oh, yeah, so it's called The Richards Report. You tried TED Talk? Was it was taken? Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I try to see, can I twist this in a way where I might be able to, like... talk. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's almost like you might have a few trademark issues. Um, um, and, yeah, so I started up in 2017 and went for about four years. Uh, They're evergreen to, to an extent. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's give, what I wanted them give to Give our listeners three that you say, well, go yeah. to them and you'll enjoy it. Okay, so... Um, yeah, so... And I've just kind of paused it. Maybe I might come back to it at some stage. But um, Job's been on a, on a couple of times because Job's got a, a very interesting story, as, as listeners would be aware, not just for his football story, but how he go, uh, approaches investing. But uh, one of my favourite episodes is with Morgan Housel. And this won't be a name that people yep. will, will 
acknowledged, but he has written a book called The Psychology of Money, and it is awesome because um, uh, when it comes to kind of um, making money, it's not about what you know. It's more about how you behave and the decisions we make around that. Um, And often in life, we can be our own worst enemy. Um, And he puts this in a very easy and entertaining um, book, so much so that Netflix bought the rights to his book and um, are keen to turn that into some form of series at some stage. But So um, I'm not here to flog his book, but, you know, go out there and and, um, listen to the episode and if you you like it... um, that would that would be one. Well, just on that topic before yeah. you give us a couple more. But so I, I should actually say on Friday, Dane and I will be giving our punting degenerate punting tips. For <laughs> so very 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 similar. similar yeah. yeah. So like, oh yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> just to give points in ideas. Or okay. The, the um, <laughs> I um, and but on the on the topic of um, good to great, which I touched on yes. before, I um. I reached out to Jim Collins that wrote that book, and like this book has become famous. Like it's it's read by business leaders all around the world, and Jim is huge. Like I think one of the few podcasts that he's done because he's so sought after is the Tim Ferriss Show. Yep. And I wrote Jim a letter and said thank you for what your book has done for me um, throughout my career. Um, Conveniently enough, I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, by the way, <laughs> yeah, by well, the way. Well, I've got your attention. And I was like, you know what, I'm just having a crack here. And one of the, one of his team members got in touch and said, listen, Jim got your message and he, he read it and he wouldn't normally reply, but he's fascinated by your story. So how about we have a meeting, just you and I, not Jim, where we find out a bit more about you. If that works out, He'll come on your show. We had two meetings that went for about 30 minutes. It was... Um, and I must have fucked up because I couldn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said. What did you say? I don't know, but... Were you being a fox? Oh, yeah, I, I might have been a being, yeah. Um, but there was enough there that he saw that... Because um, he, he sent me a book... With that he signed and wrote this nice message to me in, and he sent me a um, um, sent me an audio file that went for a couple of minutes about um, um, thanking you know for uh, for the letter I'd written, and I was like, mm, can I put that on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Do a podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which I did. So um, that that's that might be another episode, but people see. But um, um, I think. The, the Morgan Housel episode um, is a great episode. Let's just pause there. Just give me one look because it's been a while since I've... Well, well, while you're looking at that, could we oh, recommend for our, our archives tree hugging about ecosexuals, people who were... Uh, <laughs> 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 if, if people didn't hear you one, that was, that was our best ever. I'll give you one other episode, yeah. which um, I think is a, an episode that people might enjoy. So I sat down with Sam Wood and had a chat with him because Sam's got an incredible story. People will know him as being The Bachelor and people will know, will know him for 28 by Sam Wood, this mm. um, um, online fitness course that he's done. But 
how he has invested in himself over this journey is a story that hasn't been told. Some of the risks that he's taken over the journey. Um, we recorded this episode probably two years ago and there is an ending to this story that um, is great and that Sam since sold the business for about $70 million. Um, so um, I, I suggest that people um, have a listen to that one too. Good work. Well, this has been great fun. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, just give us uh, both games this week. Uh, Geelong and... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm hoping the, hoping the lines get up. Um, yeah, but, yeah, certainly hoping the Swans do. Absolutely. Teddy Richards and Joe Watson, thanks for filling in for Dane Swan on his own podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no worries, Swanny. <laughs>